This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. A Saturday night get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack coming your way live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you want to buy a home or refinance your current home, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there for loan solutions that fit your life, Rocket Can. All right, we're going to rock it out to the Windy City. Uh, our next guest is one of my faves. He's been coming out with me for years. He knows the National Football League as well as anybody I know, and I know a lot of people, and I'm very glad that I know Hub Arkish, the executive editor of the Pro Football Weekly, sideline reporter for Westwood One, and NFL insider for our sister station in Chicago, The Score. How are you, Hub? I'm good, Jody. How are you? Very good. i uh, got a whole bunch of things I want to get into with you, starting off the field. We'll get onto the field, but off the field first. Uh, NFL has had to deal with the firestorm that has become John Gruden's emails, the now ex-coach of the uh, Raiders in Vegas. I understand what he said. If uh, he said it, whether it be verbal or uh, electronic, it's a fireable offense. Anybody who argues that, uh, I think, is just missing the point. The reason, what I want to know is, why did this come out now? If they've had these emails for a long time, this investigation into the Washington football team is over a year old, uh, What what, do you have any grasp or guess as to why the timing of the release at this stage? Well, you know, Joey, to me, this is one of the really interesting side stories that there's not a lot of conversation about. And I suppose part of the reason is that none of us have any answers. Uh, but um, it came out now because it was leaked by somebody. And at this point, we don't know who. The NFL, uh, you know, didn't say, okay, we're not letting anybody know anything that went on in this investigation except for the John Gruden email. Somebody leaked this. Um, and, and obviously they had their reasons. Now, what is really intriguing to me is it leaked about three or four hours before the NFLPA voted whether or not to retain DeMarie Smith. And the reason there was a vote is Smith kind of rigged the whole process with some some of his guys on the executive committee three, four years ago uh, to be able to get his contract renewed without having to have a vote of the entire membership. Uh, it just has to be approved by the executive committee. Well, the executive committee voted seven to seven, and so they had to go to a vote of the full board of player reps, all 32 player reps. Smith needed 22 votes to be renewed. He got 22 votes, one less vote. And we know there was already seven votes that did not vote in favor of it. Uh, you know, so he only lost three more. Had he lost one more after that, it would have been opened up to a new search. They might have still you know, extended him. They would have first had a search for other candidates, and they didn't. 
Now, what kind of coincidence is it that this happens, you know, within a few hours of the vote? And then the vote comes out that way. Now, you can speculate a lot of things. You can speculate that somebody had it in for, for, for D. Smith, and that's why they did it. Somebody had it in for John Gruden, and that's why they did it. Or there are people who believe that, that the NFL league office and owners did not want D. Smith replaced because they've taken him to the woodshed on each of the last two CBAs. You know? So, uh, again, these are just all the possibilities. I don't have any inside information that there is any connection between that vote and when this stuff was leaked, but it certainly is kind of an interesting side story, and it's not going to get a lot of play because nobody has any answers to it. Um, but, you know, now you get to, well, the NFL should release all 650,000 emails. No, they really shouldn't. You know, it, it was a closed investigation. Certainly, if there is anything that rises to the level of distaste and disdain, like what Gruden did, they should do something about that. But, but again, I, you know, none of this was ever supposed to be public in the first place. So, um, uh, a, a lot of questions, a lot of which we're never going to get answers to. Getting back to the original point, I am a huge believer in forgiveness. You earn forgiveness, and John Gruden should be given that chance. But he also needed to lose his job because of what he did. And, and you know what? For me, it was just the initial entire reference was enough. But then when it comes out that there's all this other homophobic stuff and other accusations against other people, it's pretty hard to spin You know that this was an innocent mistake. Right. And I agree wholeheartedly with your general conclusion. He deserved to lose his job. Can he get it back? Maybe over time, don't know if that's his motivation in life, don't know what he wants to do with the rest of his life. We shall see. Here's the only question I would have about your point about if it was a DeMar Smith uh, leak to have some effect on that vote. Then they didn't really need to leak those other Gruden emails. If it was purely targeted at Smith and Gruden was just the, the, the bullet that they were firing, Why'd you have to reload the gun and fire that many John Gruden bullets about his homophobic stances and the like? That didn't make sense. They let the Gruden horse out of the barn, so they got to let all the Gruden horses out of the barn? That does. That still doesn't add up for me. You know, Jody, I don't disagree with you. Again, I'm not exactly clear on, on who leaked what and who released what. You know? That's so, true. I, I mean, the, the, the story got to the point where it was so distasteful that, that it wasn't my first concern. My first concern w w was that John Gruden do everything he could to throw himself on his sword and mea culpas and try and, you know, put to rest some of the hateful things that, that were said and, and needed to be taken back. Um, and, and then I think it's left to the to individuals to decide how they want to react to it. I, I don't personally, we talked about this on our TV show, the Pro Football Weekly TV show this week. I, I'm not the morality police. I don't want to be the morality police. Uh, I, I was not a big full disclosure. I was not a big John Gruden fan prior to any of this, you know, and, and I'm talking about the person, you know, not, not the football personality, just, you know, whatever impressions, opinions. Um, uh, and yet I, I feel horrible for him. I feel horrible for his family. I feel horrible that anybody can do something that stupid. Uh, and I don't feel horrible for him with the results. And people need to remember one other thing because, you know, you got all this conversation about cancel culture and a whole different subject. He didn't get fired. He quit. OK, so, so let's let's just drop the cancel culture thing right now. John Gruden knew that he had to resign and, and it was the appropriate outcome.
All right. Uh, I love talking about league issues with you. I love talking football, too, and we'll get to that. One more league issue. I'm watching Thursday night's game in which the Tampa Bay Buccaneers basically dominated the Philadelphia Eagles. The final score made it look closer than it actually was. Tampa did what it wanted offensively for the first three quarters against the Eagles. The Eagles could muster no offense. They played better in the fourth quarter to make it closer, but really Tampa was a better football team, and nobody uh, can argue that. Yet there was one play in that game that tremendously annoyed me. It was a pass on the sideline. Leonard Fournette caught it. He got pushed out of bounds. He came back and initiated contact with the Eagle defender, who was standing there. And, yes, he stared at Leonard Fournette. He did not make any movements. There was no extracurricular physical activity. He didn't cause the contact. Fournette caused the contact. All he did was stare at him. And after they bump, Fournette throws up his hands like, my God, what did this man do to me? He didn't do anything. He just stood there. And the referees bought the uh, act and threw a 15-yard taunting flag on the Eagle defender. Now, it had no impact on the outcome of the game. Tampa was the better team. But this taunting thing, I get it. When they make it a point of emphasis, that means they're going to call it. They don't fool around with that stuff. But they have uh, bent over too far in the other direction. And they're getting calls on plays that, in my mind, aren't taunting and uh, could have a major impact on a game. That wasn't the case this week, but that play just stood out to me as the worst taunting call of the year so far this year. We know the NFL, when they say they're going to make it a point of emphasis, they mean it and they're going to call it. If they go too far, are they willing to advise the referees? We need to back this off a little bit. We might have gone a little bit too far. Or once a point of emphasis, always a point of emphasis. Well, a couple things there. The last part first. Historically, they have backed off on things when it's been an obvious mistake, but never in season. Uh, you know, what they do with these things is, is they make these moves. They then let it play out over the course of a season. And, and then occasionally they have tried to back off a little bit when they've realized how silly it was. Uh, uh, you know, the whole pass interference thing, I think, is a pretty good example of that. Um, but, but with this particular subject, Jody, I have a whole different question that annoys me. Why is it a point of emphasis? Who was who was worried or upset about taunting prior to this? I mean, I, I never knew it was a problem in the game. I mean, it happened once in a while, but but they're adults. You know, they're playing an emotional, physical game, um, and, and it could be flagged. You know, if it was that bad. My question is, why did they make it a point of emphasis? Who who are they trying to satisfy with this? It's it just it's another one of those things that they do occasionally that just makes no sense to me. It's become a big problem. I believe it already has impacted several games. But but that therein, I think at least the explanation as to why they're not going to do anything about it until after the season, having already impacted a few games this year, they're going to play this year under these rules, and then I'm sure they're going to have to take a second look at it once they get through this season. No, I just thought that was a terrible call, and uh, I'm sorry to hear. You're probably right. I know that they do it sometimes during preseason. Like, they'll flag the heck out of something that they're going to make a point of emphasis, and then they'll back off as soon as the season starts. But if they don't want to admit that they overreacted this year, that's unfortunate. I hope that uh, the referees take it upon themselves to not make uh, the very borderline calls that big a call. All right, uh, let's take it on the field. Cliff Kingsbury tests positive for COVID today. He will not be on the sidelines for the Cardinals tomorrow. How big a loss is that? You know, I, I, I think it's a loss. He's the head coach. You know, him not being there 
uh, is a problem. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think he calls his own plays. Maybe he does call his own plays. I really haven't had a chance to study them much this year. If he does, then, then that obviously is a significant change, you know, not necessarily a loss. Uh, he certainly has experience with Vance Joseph, his defensive coordinator, stepping in and taking over. Um, uh, you know, so I, I think they're okay there. Uh, and the other issue is at this stage of his career, how um, you know much does Kyler Murray do on his own anyway? So uh, it, it's certainly a loss, but 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 how significant a loss? Uh, it doesn't have to be that major unless and this we wouldn't know we're going to find out tomorrow unless he's a lousy delegator and he hasn't allowed other people to have responsibility until now um and i'm not suggesting that that's the case but that would be you know where you'd have to be tremendously concerned i mean if he's been micromanaging this thing for the first five weeks and now he's suddenly not there then that's going to be a problem but but uh not a lot of nfl head coaches none that i can really think of to be honest with you have been this successful at five and oh by by micromanaging and or not taking advantage of their assistance so i don't i don't think it'll be the difference in the game fair enough uh the cardinals did pick up a nice piece this week after the game was over and done with the day after he played his last game as an eagle zach ertz was traded to the cardinals and it came out that they basically agreed on the trade ahead of time and said yeah but we kind of need him for this week so we'll play him and if he doesn't like die on the field we got a deal as of uh, friday right and they did they went through with the deal nice additional piece i've known Ertz forever in philly he's still got some game caught a touchdown pass in his last game as an eagle and Max Williams, a tight end of the Cardinals, is uh, an okay at best tight end. The rich get richer. That's a nice addition for the Cardinals, don't you think? No, absolutely. Uh, you know, and and this is a guy now. No, he's a rental player. You know, there's there's issues with the contract, uh, but that's fine. This is you got to love this if you're a Cardinal fan or an NFL fan. This is a team that I'm sure themselves didn't expect to be five and zero. You know, they may have thought. This is our year. We saw the commitment they made in the offseason with the A.J. Green trade and signing J.J. Watt and trading for Rodney Hudson. They were going for it. You know, we knew that. It was working. They're 5-0, and but Max Williams was a critical part of that offense. So you lose him for the season, you got to go get him with a like part, a like replacement piece, and so you go get Zach Ertz. Now, I don't think that the fifth-round draft choice uh, is going to bother anybody all that much. I do wonder how good this young corner is, though. He's not somebody that I'm overly familiar with. If you gave right. up a really promising corner, and now you've got a player who you either can't afford to sign or won't be able to bring back next year anyway, and you don't win a Super Bowl this year, that's the risk you take. But but this is this is going for it. When the, this is striking when the iron is hot, uh, and, and I don't think there's anybody in the league who, who would say anything negative about this move. Uh, really, you know, from from the Cardinals' perspective, now from the Eagles' perspective, I don't know what it says. I, I don't know if they thought, hey, at, at two and three, you know, we're still in this thing, but that the next morning at two and four they didn't. As you're reporting, you know, that they had already agreed to the deal before Thursday night anyway. Where are the Eagles right now? I mean, are, are, are they rebuilding? Uh, are they trying to add a few pieces? Um, was Jalen Hurts a better choice than Carson Wentz? A lot of questions around the Eagles and, and, and why Hurts, you know, becomes uh, disposable, if you will. But I think you maybe even said that it's a nine-year veteran who's looking to get paid like a top tight end, and you're probably not going to pay him that next year anyway. So um, I guess in both regards, it makes sense. Right, and the Cardinals are going to reap the benefits of him going out to bust it to get that one last good contract this offseason. Uh, everyone in the NFL has to deal with injuries. Some teams are afflicted more than others, but nobody gets off scot-free. 
But I think the biggest injury in the NFL came down last week with Russell Wilson. Seattle's not going to make the playoffs. Russell Wilson's going to miss a month, are they? Yeah, I don't think so, just because I, I, I don't think Geno Smith is a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now, you know, he did come off the bench when Russ got hurt and, and play well enough. Uh, I, I think we'll know pretty quick. You know, going into Pittsburgh isn't easy, but it's a winnable game based on who the Steelers have been. You know, I know they played better last week and, and, and got a win, um, but, you know, they also lost Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, the running game has been improving slowly, but not really enough to carry a, a team. Uh, you know, Ben is clearly not what he once was. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I mean, if, if they can go into Pittsburgh and win with Geno Smith, if, you know, I, I think that they're not going to win the division. You know, the AFC, uh, NFC West may be the best division in football right now. But you've got the third wild card now. You could have the whole division in the playoffs, you know. And, and so I think the trick is you, you hang around 500, you try and get your head above water and get above 500, and then you try and hold down the fort until Wilson gets back. So um, I, I don't think that, that they're you know all that impressive a football team with Geno Smith at quarterback, but that doesn't mean he can't find a couple wins in there. And you know, so they're two and three now. So let's say it's four weeks and, and Smith can go two and two. Uh, you know, at four and five, they're, they're still very much alive in the wild card hunt. And, and so the, the trick is to hang on, you know, see who can pick Smith up, see how much the defense can give you. And so I, I would rule him out of the race for the AF, uh, the NFC West title, but I'm not ready to write him out of the playoffs yet. Not Pete Carroll. You know, he's different. He's an acquired taste, but he is a hell of a football coach. And, and, and I think that, uh, you know, a, a lot of people, uh, it moved on to other careers after doubting Pete Carroll. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens the next few weeks. Well, I, I hope you're right, because I know at least one national sports talk show host that you might be talking to right now who predicted all four teams in the NFC West to make the playoffs, get all three wild cards. So I, I hope you're right about that. I fear uh, that this could be a uh, playoff dashing blow to mm-hmm. the Seahawks, but we'll see about Geno Smith over the next couple of weeks. I well, Jody, uh, just, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry, real quick, I just want to say hats off to you because I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, there's a few other pretty good football teams to keep an eye on, too. Uh, yeah. But I, I certainly wouldn't be stunned if you were right. I don't think it's a bad call. That's my problem. There are. Uh, the, 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 Seattle, if Seattle can get to 9-7, and seven, I'm not sure. 9-7 uh, and seven are going to have to win tiebreaker. But, uh, again, we're getting well ahead of ourselves. Um, and, oh, by the way, 10-7 uh, and seven because we got 17 games now. Uh, last thing, because I know you're a Chicago guy. Uh, Justin Fields has come in, started the last couple of weeks. He hasn't surely had a breakout game yet. But the Bears have won two straight games with him as the QB. I'm trying to follow it as best I can without uh, watching every single snap that he takes. It seems like they've uh, uh, simplified the offense for him. Uh, It doesn't look like he's getting a chance to take many shots downfield or he's not choosing to take shots downfield. He's been effective enough as they continue to win. Uh, You've got a uh, better inside grasp on the Bears than most. Uh, have they changed the offense or uh, 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 what they thought it was going to be now that they've committed to fields going forward? Is it something that's going to grow over the next couple of weeks? How is their offense running these days? Yeah, it's really interesting, Jody, because there's a whole bunch of semantics that gets messed in there or mixed in there, I should say, when we discuss this stuff. Um, teams don't change I mean, with, with rare exceptions. I mean, the Broncos did it. Uh, what year was that? I want to say maybe it was 
16 or 17 with Tebow uh, when he took over at midseason and got him to the playoffs as a 500 team and then upset the Steelers. They literally, you know, rewrote the playbook. But but that doesn't happen in the season. Um, and then when we say have they have they simplified it or dumbed it down, it's neither of those things. What they've done is they've looked at their offense as a whole and they've picked out just the parts that they think he may be ready to execute. So, you know, you, you can argue, that's why I say it's semantics. You can argue that that's dumbing it down or simplifying it, but it's, it's not really what they're doing. They're protecting him by only giving him stuff they're confident he's already ready for. The reason the Bears have won the last two weeks is because right now, over the last few weeks, they have one of the best defenses in the NFL and they have one of the best running games in the NFL. And, and, and Fields has made just enough plays and avoided making too many mistakes. One of the things they're accomplishing by keeping the leash so tight on him is he's only thrown one pick, you know, because they're not, you know, letting him force the ball into harm's way. An interesting stat that's out there from Next Gen Stats that, that surprised me a little bit: Justin Fields actually leads the NFL in percentage of shots downfield, um, not completed necessarily, but shots taken downfield. Uh, so they're they're trying to open it up for him a little bit, but because he's not there yet, because they haven't completed many of them, if they're not effective, those shots down the field don't serve the same purpose as when you're hitting chunk plays and then you're opening up the middle of the field in the run game. The other thing you've got to be concerned about tomorrow with this Packers game is that that running game took off because David Montgomery is one of the best kept secrets and one of the best running backs in the NFL. Well, when he went down two weeks ago, everybody said, okay, that's the end of that. And then last week you get Damian Williams step in and the six-round rookie Khalil Herbert, and they each average four and a half yards per carry, and they still run the ball 39 times for 145 yards or whatever it was. But now Damian Williams goes out with COVID. I think Khalil Herbert's good. I think they're going to be okay with him. He's going to start. But now that number two running back, that complimentary piece becomes either Ryan Nall or Artavis Pierce. These are practice squad guys with no NFL chops. Um, and, and then you look at the rest of those injury lists on both sides. It's a really interesting game. Elton Jenkins is not a great left tackle, but he's their best offensive lineman and their left tackle until David Bakhtiari comes off the pup list and he can't for at least one more week. Jenkins has missed the last three weeks with an ankle. He was limited in practice all week long. Don't know if he goes or not. If he goes, is he limited? The Bears are number one in the NFL sacking the quarterback. You know, so um, I, I it's it's in print. It's it's on the web. I, I I picked the Packers. We picked these games, and you know I picked them because until the Bears beat Aaron Rodgers, which they have not done in 16 of the last 19 meetings with these injuries and these questions, I, I think you got to lean towards Rodgers. But I think the Packers are a bit overrated right now, and I think the Bears are a bit underrated. And if Mac is healthy, he didn't practice all week long. If the defense played like it has the last couple of weeks, it's going to be an interesting football game, and it could come down to the last team with the ball. Should be a great one, as it is every time you come on our show. Read them at Pro Football Weekly. Watch his Pro Football Weekly show on most of your best uh, local cable sports outlets. Catch him on the sideline on Westwood One as well. Hal Barkish, always a pleasure. Thank you much for jumping aboard tonight. Thanks for having me, Jody. You take care. My pleasure. That is Hal Barkish from Pro Football Weekly, uh, Westwood One, and the NFL Insider for 670 to score in Chicago. Jody Mack coming back. Let's get those phones reopened. We'd be bopped around to a couple of different uh, spots in sports tonight. You tell me where you want to go. Justin Fields fans, you want to get aboard? Do it. 855-212-4227. Join the Mac Man here on CBS Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.